thing about this last of the series. This is not the last part of the series. Um, started fi- trying to finish this thing up this week, and uh, the truth of the matter is I had way too much material to cram into one message, and so we're going to do, it's, it's going to be a, a, the final teaching in two parts. How about that? So instead of part five today, this is part five, Overcoming Flesh, part one. And then we'll finish it up. We'll finish it up next Sunday. We've talked about overcoming fear, overcoming failure, overcoming famine. And today we're going to begin to tackle overcoming our flesh. And so uh, just to kind of recap quickly, uh, overcome means to get the better of, to succeed in dealing with a problem or a difficulty. Uh, Overcoming requires complete dependence on God for direction, purpose, fulfillment, and strength to follow his plan for our lives. Overcoming is often equated with enduring. Jesus encouraged those who followed him to endure to the end over and over and over. He said that. Uh, Overcoming doesn't necessarily mean something goes away completely, but we learn how to deal with it and thrive with it happening and move ahead in spite of what we're dealing with. And then the biblical definition of an overcomer is a person who defeats something in a conflict or struggle. And then finally, the overcomers are followers of Christ who successfully resist the power and temptation of the world system. An overcomer is not sinless. Amen? Amen. We're not sinless, but holds on to faith in Christ until dot, 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 uh, until he comes back and takes us home. Amen? All through Scripture, all through Scripture, 1 John 2 talks about overcoming. You have overcome the evil one. 1 John 5, everyone born of God overcomes the world. In the first two chapters of Revelation alone, there are seven mentions of him who overcomes or he who overcomes. And then Revelation 21.7 says it again, he who overcomes. In the early teaching, the first teaching that we did uh, on this seri- in this series, I talked to you about deliverance and overcoming or deliverance versus overcoming. <clears throat> to give you some backstory, and this will kind of help you understand why we had to break this up into two parts today as for, for the next, the closing of this series. Many years ago here at Gen U, uh, we, were, we were under Niceville Assembly of God at that time, but we had, uh, we had a season where we went through this thing of deliverances. Every time we turned around, we were doing deliverance services. We were doing, and we had deliverance teams. There was deliverance here. There was deliverance there. There were deliverances everywhere. Um, uh, over time, though, and over, over you know, a number of years, uh, as I watched that, there were some parts of it that just started to concern me um, and sometimes even, even troubled me. Um, People were hurt. Uh, they were damaged. People were even offended uh, at the way uh, we, the approach that we were taking in our altars and even in the concept of deliverance. And, and honestly, I've, I've thought a lot about this as we've worked through this series and down through the years. I, I can't honestly say, I can't honestly say, now I'm talking about you know, 25, 27 years ago now, I can't honestly say that I know of one single solitary person that was actually delivered from something during those times and those seasons. Maybe you were, I don't know, okay? Um, And that bothered me too. That bothered me too. We spent hours. We had an eight-week revival and we spent hours after services every night praying for people to be set free from various things. And I just couldn't rationalize, couldn't figure it out. And I spent the last 25, 27 years 
doing a great deal of study and attempting to understand biblical deliverance. What does it mean? What does it look like? Um, the one thing that I do know is this, that we have to maintain biblical truth, that what we do has to line up with Scripture. Um, but I want to give you kind of three or four things that I have learned over the last two decades plus about deliverance, okay? First thing is this, deliverance is a real thing. Deliverance is a real thing. Uh, we see it in the New Testament. Jesus, at a word, was setting people free from the power of Satan and, and the demonic. Part of what we see today uh, concerns me because it doesn't look like anything in Scripture. Whether you, uh, if you, I'm, you know, don't raise your hand, but I'm, many of you probably saw The Exorcist when you were younger. Uh, we always see these things that are on television, and, and it's been... The exorcisms have been sensationalized by Hollywood, but also by the church. And where these sessions go on for hours and hours and hours, and, and you look at Jesus and the deliverance ministry of Jesus, and he just goes out. And he's free. You know, there's one, you know, oh, we're, we're having conversations with the demonic, and we're asking them their name. Jesus did that one time, and... You know, and it was a done deal, and the demons went into the pigs, and then people got mad because their livelihood went away, and they tried to kill Jesus again. Um, but you see, the deliverance ministry of Jesus looks vastly different from what we tend to practice in the greater Pentecostal charismatic faith, and even in some segments of Roman Catholicism. Um, I don't see anything in Scripture that looks like the exorcisms that we try to perform today on people. Uh, I'm not saying that, that exorcisms are wrong. I'm just simply saying it doesn't look like what we see Jesus doing in Scripture. But deliverance is a real thing. It is. Uh, as Christ followers, the second thing I've learned is as Christ followers, we have authority over Satan and demons. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have the authority. In, at a word, in Jesus' name. You know, um, we have that. Mark 16 tells us that we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Whoever believes is baptized will be saved. Whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs accompany those who believe. In my name, they drive out demons. It's biblical. It's biblical. Uh, and it talks about speaking in new tongues and picking up snakes with their hands, which I, I don't. <laughs> I did kill a rattlesnake this week, though. Crawled out in front of me, made a terrible mistake. <laughs> terrible mistake. I run over him with that 2,500 heavy duty and then shot him. <laughs> then I picked him up with a stick. But he dead. He gone. One less. One less. The third thing that I've learned is this. Most things that we want freedom from are not demonic. And this is probably one of the most illuminating things that I've come up with over the, over the last two decades. Most of the things that we want freedom from have nothing to do with the, the demonic at all. Um, most of the things we want deliverance from, this is the fourth thing, most of the things we want deliverance from, God is not going to deliver us from. Oh, but God does it. God will do whatever we ask him to do. According to his will, yes. But there are certain things in Scripture that we have to look at and recognize that there are things that we, that we struggle with and we face in our day-to-day -day life that we pray, God, take this from me, take this from me. And he's going, you got to work this out. 
you got to work this out, you know, and, and, you know, deliverance typically doesn't happen the way we think or, or the, even the way we hope that it does. <clears throat> People say that they've been delivered from multiple things, most often still struggle because they're looking not for freedom, but for an easy fix, a quick way out. And we can, you can lay hands on people all day long and you can declare you're free and all this kind of stuff. But at the bottom, at the, at the end of the day and the, the very bottom baseline of this whole thing is there are things in our life that God is not going to deliver us from. We have to overcome them. And flesh is that thing. Most of the things that we want freedom from and deliverance from is not a demonic entity. It's not a demonic attachment. It has no satanic origin whatsoever. It is simply, it is simply our flesh that we battle with and you don't get a free pass with that stuff. It doesn't just go away at a word. Oh, but I feel, I, I, you know, hey, I was delivered. I was, instantly I've prayed and alcoholism left me instantaneously. Praise God. Praise God. I never, I never wanted another drink. Praise God, you're the exception, not the rule. We have to be careful with the exceptions. God can do anything he jolly well pleases. Why? Because he's like God. Okay? He spoke the worlds into existence. He can do whatever he wants to do that brings more glory to himself than anything else. Okay? But don't take that and go, God does this every time at a word. You go back in the Old Testament. We have a donkey that talks. But you don't see churches building pens out behind the altar. But yet we see it in Scripture. I, have, I don't know of another animal since that time that speaks to backslidden prophets. Might help. It's kind of a phenomenon kind of an out-of-the-box way of doing stuff, but it doesn't, it just, that is an exception. We don't have the donkey ministry because we see it once in Scripture. Everybody okay so far? All right. Just because someone has been delivered from something instantaneously doesn't mean that that is the methodology that God's going to use every single time. When it comes to flesh, flesh has to be overcome. All right? We have to recognize that there is something that we have to do to overcome the things in our life that hold us. God requires certain things from us. And this is, this is you know, in, in this day and age, it's been going on for three or four decades, I guess. But we have the mindset that all I have to do is say this prayer, confess this thing, and I never have to worry about it again. And the problem is that's just not true. That's just not true. We have to consider a biblical truth that is rarely talked about in the age of greasy grace and the friend of God era. Okay? And that is a word that is called sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. sanctification. Woo! There's a word for you. Big old long one. All right? But you rarely hear people talking about this anymore because we've got into this thing where, you know, hey, you know, God's my friend and, you know, we're, you know, we're cool and all this kind of stuff. And he's my friend and grace covers everything. And all I've got to do is believe one time and nothing else matters. And I'm telling you, there is nothing in scripture that backs that up. When it comes to overcoming flesh, and remember I told you last week and multiple times throughout this series that I'm going to challenge your theology through this last part of this thing. 
I'm going to challenge your tradition. I'm going to challenge where you sit in your comfortability when it comes to your walk with Jesus Christ. Because of everything that we've talked about, overcoming fear, as horrible as fear is, it's not nearly as binding as our flesh. Our fear of failure is not nearly as binding as the flesh that we live in every day. Overcoming spiritual famine can be a part of the fleshly situations that we're dealing with. We we got to dig around in this and we've got to look at this thing called sanctification. Sanctification is the action or process of being freed from sin or, or being purified. In the Old Testament, there were all these rituals that you had to do. I mean, you couldn't even have a meal without going through the ritual of hand washing. You got to wash your hand. You got to do it a certain way. You gotta, it, it's, if you've ever read some of, those, some of those rituals that they went about in, in Judaism trying to to, for cleanliness and purification, it's, it's kind of ridiculous looking at it 2,000 years, 6,000 years in the future. Looking back at it going, I don't want to have to do that. I don't mind going to the, going to the bathroom and, and hitting the little antibacterial soap and washing my hands. And even during the pandemic, we've 20 seconds every time, you know, and your hands are cracked and all that stuff. But yet, there is a process we think that all there is is coming to faith in Jesus and then everything else just levels out. It does not. It does not. There are things that are required of us. Ephesians 1.4, he chosen us, she chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. 1 Thessalonians 4, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Hebrews 10, 14, for one sacrifice he made forever perfect, those who are being made holy. Being made holy. Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort to live in peace and to be holy. Why? Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. If you're still acting the day after salvation the way you acted the day before salvation or the year after salvation the day before salvation, there's a problem. There's a problem. If you're not moving toward a place of holiness, you're never going to be perfect. That's where grace comes in. Grace covers a multitude of sins. But we still have, we still have things that we have to do and responsibilities that we have to take for our personal holiness. And sanctification is a process that we have to do, that we have to go through. Sanctification is the action of making something holy. God, make me holy. He said, no, you got to do that yourself. I'll give you the Holy Spirit to help you, but you got to do this. The process of sanctification takes deliberate action on our part. It takes deliberate action on our part, not, not God's. Look at this, Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. We like to stop right there. I worked out my salvation, but have you added with fear and trembling to it? Well, I don't have to be afraid of God anymore. I didn't say you had to be afraid of God. I'm telling you that the word of God says we work it out with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Work out your own salvation. What does your process of sanctification look like as you're working out your salvation? Because here's the deal. I am saved. When I say the sinner's prayer and believe and confess all that, I am saved. But as I live this life on this side of eternity, I am being saved. 
When I see Jesus face to face, I will be saved. I am saved. I will be saved. I am being saved. Okay? It's this process that we go through. So let's talk about overcoming the flesh. So what is it? What's the flesh? Is it this? No, it's not, it's not the skin and meat and muscle on our bodies. It's, that's, yes, we get that as flesh, but the, the flesh is something more. It's the nature that we're born with. It's the nature that we're born with. We're all born into sin. We're all born in sin because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Actually, because of what Adam did in the garden. From that point forward, every one of us were born with a fallen nature. Well, why is bad things happening in this world? Because we have fallen natures. Because sin entered the world thousands of years ago in the Garden of Eden. And since that time, sin has been prevalent on this earth. And because sin is prevalent on this earth, we have to deal with things in the sinful realm through our flesh. The things that are inborn in us. The things that are there that are, that are a part of who we are. Now look at this. Galatians 5. We're going to spend a lot of time there the next couple of weeks. Verse 16, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. Saying you walk by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit are not the same thing. I'm walking by the Spirit. Oh, really? Oh, really? For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want. Underline that, highlight that, put exclamation points around that. Whatever you got to do, blow it up, stick it on your dash. Because as spirit beings, when we come to faith in Christ, we move, we're supposed to be moving from flesh to spirit. And from that spirit as an outflow of how we're to, supposed to act and what we're, how we're supposed to behave. Are uh, you going to get into legalism today, Phil? No, I'm just going to tell you the word of God. And you've got to figure out how to live it. Okay? You've got to figure this out. But I want you to understand that the things of God are in conflict with the things that you want. And what you've got to do is move you closer to what God wants. We've got to deal with the flesh in a way that we move closer to what we've got. So it says, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Look at verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. I'm not going to go through every one of these and explain every one of them in, in, in detail, but what does that mean? Any type of sexual activity is outside the bonds of marriage between a husband and wife. Period. Dot end. Anything else outside of that is sexual immorality. Well, then God, why did God give me the desires? Because he created sex and said it was a good thing. But the, 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 the biblical order of things goes back to the garden. Adam and Eve. One man, one woman for life. When he deals with the Pharisees in the New Testament, they can, can a man divorce his wife for any reason? Jesus said this. He said, Moses allowed some things because you were stubborn and stiff-necked. But I'm telling you, it wasn't that way from the beginning. What was the beginning? One man and one woman for life. That's what he's referring to, the Genesis account. Anything outside of that is sexual immorality. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. Oh, but witchcraft's demonic. Doesn't have to be because witchcraft covers a whole lot of things. For example, rebellion is witchcraft. 
Does it mean you're at a seance and you got this potion and you're stirring in this vat and you've got a big black hat and a mole on the end of your nose? Doesn't mean that. It means if you're in rebellion, then you're practicing witchcraft. Rebellion against your parents. Youngins, hear me. If you're rebelling against your parents, you're practicing witchcraft. And all the parents are going, yeah, get them, Phil, get them. (laughs) Mom and dad. If you're rebelling against authority that's been placed over you, you're in witchcraft. If you're rebelling against the biblical authority in your life, you're practicing witchcraft. It is what it is. What here? The Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Hatred. You can't hate anybody. Discord. Do you have problems just being quiet? Do you just feel like you got to talk about people and stir stuff up all the time? I could use some of Tommy's Hebrew this morning. You know, say, do you just feel like you got to stir up crap all the time? <laughs> Jealousy. Fits of rage. You know, one, fit is okay to a point in a two-year-old. But an angry temper tantrum at 22, 32, 42, 52, and beyond is just ridiculous. But yet, let something not go our way at the restaurant or in the drive-thru, or on the highway, and we're telling people they're number one, and we're doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Selfish ambition. I want what I want the way I want it. Dissensions. Factions. Envy. Drunkenness. Orgies, and the like. And here's, here's, the, here's the, the pill that's hard to swallow. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter how many times you said the prayer and confessed Jesus as Lord. If you're still living according to the flesh, then it says here that you, you will, if you live like this, you will not inherit the kingdom. Now, here's what I want you to understand. I'm not talking about someone that's struggling with this. I'm talking about someone that says, man, that's just the way I am. This is who I am. God's going to have to be okay with it. He's not. He's never going to be. Friend, to be okay with you and I acting like heathens and acting like the fleshly people that we have inborn in us and not crucifying that part of us, the thing with that means, simply put, that God is not okay with how we're living. Ask yourself. I've never asked someone, said, hey, do you want to go to heaven when you die? I've never had someone say, nah, I don't want to go there. I'll take hell. I mean, I did go to a Black Sabbath Blorster cult concert when I was much, much younger. For those of you that are not old enough to know who those people are, it was a pretty sobering experience when they all start, you know, pledging allegiance to the devil. I, I was drunker than Cooter Brown when I went into that concert. And in an instant, I sobered up and got out of there and going, oh, God, forgive me. Please don't let that jump on me. Mom and Dad, if you're watching this this morning, I'm sorry. That, that's a confession at 60 that... You probably didn't know about. (laughs) 
Happened in Atlanta. Long, long time ago in a, in a galaxy far, far away, Atlanta. I'm not, I'm not talking about the stuff that we're battling. I'm talking about the stuff that we surrender to and go, this is the way I am and I'm just going to live it. Listen to me. The question is not, or the argument is not, I was born this way. The argument is, how does God expect me to live as his child? See, that's the argument. That's where we look. When we're dealing with the flesh, you can be angry, okay? Anger, anger is a natural emotion that's placed in us, but when anger dominates you, and it's accompanied with sin, when anger dominates you to the point that you lash out and you use, use verbiage and you attack people angrily, there's a problem there. It's one of the main issues that I had with, this, with the last election cycle. You know, it didn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. Everybody was mad at everybody. And so, it's not right. It's not right. Just because we don't like the way someone votes or their political stance doesn't mean we have the, have the luxury under God to hate them and be angry at them. Is there something in this list that you struggle with? Is there something in the list that's a struggle for you? I can tell you there's stuff here that's a struggle for me. Most of you that have been around here for a long time, you know that, that as, a, as a very young boy, 10 years old, I became hopelessly addicted to pornography. And for 14, 15 years, pornography consumed everything. It's created unbelievable problems in, our mar- in Kim and I in our marriage down through the years. To this day, to this day, I still have to battle flashbacks from time to time with some of that stuff. I'm not talking about something that that I'm standing up here going, this is how you should live. You know, don't do what I do, do as I say. I'm telling you, this is how we all have to face this. Every one of us has something in our life. We all have flesh that we have to deal with. Some parts of our flesh are stronger than others. What are you doing in those areas there? What part of your carnal nature is not surrendered to the will and the lordship of Jesus Christ yet? See, that's what this whole thing is all about. Oh, God, deliver me from from, from lust. It ain't going to happen. God doesn't deliver you from lust. God deliver me from sexual immorality. It's not going to happen. God deliver me from drug addiction. It may happen occasionally, but most of the time, that is a fleshly desire that we've fallen prey to, and we've got to overcome that. It's always been amazing to me, people, people that stand on the outside of, of the LBGTQ, and they go, well, you just need to pray more. Listen to me. You don't pray the gay away. And I know this is not popular teaching in Pentecostal charismatic circles or any circles for that matter, but I'm telling you, there's a biblical way that we're to live. And if you're struggling in same-sex attraction, if you're struggling with sexual identity, you have to work that out with fear and trembling under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and let God teach you what His Word says. But don't clap your hands this morning if you're watching pornography throughout the night and sleeping around with somebody else's wife because you're in the same list. God demands holiness 
on the part of his children. How we live matters. And sanctification is a big part of our Christianity. Now, that may not be any of you show back up to GNU next week after today. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you this straight up. Next week, we get into how do we overcome this stuff because there is a biblical way to overcome it. It may never go away. It may never go away. Paul prayed, Lord, deliver me from this body of death. And God said, no. No. God's not going to deliver us from the fleshly nature until we see him face to face. But while we live on this side, we have to overcome the flesh and its desires and its acts. And that's a fight. That's a fight. Every single day, every minute of every day. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? Let's stand all over the house. Paul said, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. The weight is the stuff that we pick up, the stuff that attaches itself to us. The sin, the things that we deal with, the things that we deal with, the struggles that we have. Matthew 7, 21 says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And the Father in heaven says, be holy, for I am holy. That's what he says. There's a walk that we have to live. Maybe today is the day that you acknowledge in your own life that there's some stuff there that's not under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me all over the room? Father, today I pray for each person under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that you will speak deeply to us, that you'll illuminate by your Holy Spirit the areas of our life that that we've got to look at, God. God, I pray this morning, beyond the shadow of a doubt, God, more than anything else, I pray, God, that everyone that has listened to this or hearing this through through the love that Jesus Christ has for each one of us, The same Jesus that has assured us in his word that he was tempted in every way, yet he was without sin. And that in every temptation we face, he's, been, he's faced it as well, but he's made a way of escape through each and every temptation so that we can stand up against it and bear up under it. But God, we have to acknowledge that we have a fallen nature, we have a sinful nature in us, and that flesh wars against what you want in our life. And that war will be a lifetime war until we see you face to face. But Father, it's a war worth fighting. So speak deeply and do your work in our lives today. And we give you praise and we give you glory. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm not going to have anybody come forward this morning and say, well, this is a great opportunity to pack the altars and add to your numbers. No, I I don't care about that. What I care about are people in this room today that would say, you know what, Phil, I I struggle with areas of my flesh and I just need prayer and I want to start today to war against my flesh. Could I see your hand? Just raise them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
hands all over the building. Just put them right back down. Father, you see every hand that was raised. Be glorified in everything that is said and done in our life, God. And from this point forward, God, may we war against our flesh. Holy Spirit, teach us, show us, empower us, strengthen us with the ability to fight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together this morning. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you, Jenny. I love you.